0: Welcome to the Retail Insider Video Series. I'm your host, Craig Patterson, and we're joined here today with a special guest. This is Ash Yusufpour. He's an entrepreneur, retail industry expert, particularly with luxury retail, and founder of a brand called St. Ash. Welcome, Ash. Thank you very much, Craig. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, we're going to talk a little bit about some retail. We're going to focus a bit on the luxury retail industry, uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about the Toronto area. We're both neighbors in the Yorkville area yeah you are so we're going to talk a little bit about that and then you recently took a trip to italy and france specifically i think paris and milan I just got back last week actually so we're going to talk about that because i want to pick your brain just but first of all let's talk a little bit about Bloor street yorkville avenue and the area right around that this is a high density area in the city it's the north part of the downtown core for those that don't know the toronto area too much uh, this north part of downtown is rapidly growing. There are many new uh, residential towers being built. There are quite a few luxury stores on the way. It's, it's really quite shocking, actually, how many are coming. And uh, this could be the fastest growing high density luxury node, if you want to call it that. I think maybe even in the world. So, yeah, let's talk a bit about Yorkville. What are you seeing
1: here that's good so far uh, from your observations? There's a lot of good stuff happening, that's for sure. I mean, with the talks of all these uh, uh, buildings being built, uh, they're, like, they're going to be really high-end buildings. And, the, the, and the, in terms of, uh, they're, they're mostly like a residential building with the exception for one, which is uh, going to be office tower. Uh, but they all have really good retail space uh, at, at, at the uh, bottom of them. So that would contribute a lot. Uh, we're going to have a lot more space in the Blue Yorkville area in terms of retailing. And uh, so that's all exciting because uh, I'm sure a lot of good tenants are going to be coming into the area. And uh, a, a lot of new brands that have not been here before are coming now. I mean, you, you broke most of those stories that, uh, of the people that are coming. I think Ferragamo is coming. There is the uh, San Juan uh, uh, store that is opening uh, uh, Van Cleef and all the other ones that are that are coming to the area so that's a that's a very good uh, uh, like an uplift, uplift uh, after the COVID so uh, because uh, you know COVID has, has hit this this area really bad so I'm glad that these these people are coming so I think these are all good things that are happening uh, but uh, on the other hand uh, some not very encouraging stuff also happening Um, the, uh, the you know in and out of uh, people coming into this area and uh, so that that needs to be uh, I guess taken care of uh, and there are some uh, not really really desirable tenants also coming into that this whole area so uh, it's a mix of uh, good things and bad things happening in the area but uh, I'm positive <laughs> I'm positive uh, uh, and some oh, and some stores are closing yeah, as you broke the story again. So but but, uh, but with all this uh, after all you hear all the news, I, I still think it's positive. I think I still think it, the whole Yorkville Bloor area is moving towards the right directions and uh, the, I'm glad that this uh, new uh, Hilton hotel just opened canopy on, on Blur Street uh, that, that is very nice because that, that would stretch this whole. You know, area to uh, towards eastern uh, side of uh, Bloor. Uh, so that'll be nice, and with uh, Lens Crafters opening uh, uh, on 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 on, on Bloor East, uh, so I'm uh, I'm I'm very positive that in the near future we we're gonna have a much better, more high end uh, Bloor Street.
0: Let's talk a little bit about maybe some of the less desirable tenants. I mean, we're having honest conversations here. We recently had someone that that said a lot of stuff that was somewhat controversial. But um, I did report on the Fabricland opening on Bloor Street. Now, it's for those that aren't aware, it's where the H&M store was. It's quite close to the corner of Young and Bloor. Uh, now, the reason primarily that the store is opening is because the owners of Fabricland also own the property that the store is in. They recently purchased uh, both the H&M's, former H&M store space, as well as a building next to it, which uh, currently houses a Scotia Bank and a, and a vacant space for lease. But, uh, you know, it's many people have told me already that it's, it's not necessarily the best tenant you would see in the neighborhood where you've got, you know, up the street, Celera and Ferragamo and, and Rolex and other stores
1: uh, being built yes that's 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 one of the the downfalls of all, of this whole thing uh but i think that that would have been inevitable because they they own the building so it's not it's not like they they were here by choice it was just just they just owned it you know maybe uh if it was another landlord they wouldn't they wouldn't allow that to happen uh, i guess that's out of everybody's hands uh, another another tenant that i'm not particularly happy about is hakeem and and there, not because it's Hakeem just because he didn't do anything I mean they took the space they they didn't spend anything on you know uh, decoration or the the fitting of this whole uh, beautiful beautiful property when you come to this area you have to live up to the expectation of that I, I don't think even it's it's even serving them as their as a the retailer I think they could do a lot better if they they do a better job in terms of uh you know uh, decoration and the whole fitting of this this whole area but that that store is like the jewel of this whole area. I mean it's I think it's one of the most valuable retail retail spaces in the whole country. Um, and that uh, I guess everybody else is doing a good job. Uh, everybody's doing amazing decorations, amazing fitting of the of the stores uh, but these two mainly so far, the Hakeem Optical Store, um,
0: that's located at the northwest corner of Blur Street and Bay Street. Hakeem Optical opened during the pandemic and, and basically, you know, slapped some signs up, changed the space around them, and you know, put eyeglasses in there. Um, one of the things I've noticed, so I reported that the store had closed for a non-payment of rent. Uh, that was for uh, several days that the store had been shut. Uh, something was worked out somewhere. I guess some rent was paid. The store is open. Uh, I did get an email from someone in the company saying, you know, we're open again, but I know the store will be closing again. The the, the signage outside is still ripped. Like they've got this uh, plastic stuff they put over the glass that, you know, has the brand names on it. You know, it it doesn't live up to the, I think what this neighborhood should be in terms of being, you know, a luxury area for shopping. Well, I think it's terrific that people are getting their eye eye needs served with a retailer. And I don't want to criticize that, but I, I do want to criticize the fact that. This is one of the most prominent retail locations in Canada and it's a store that does not look that great. You know, it's it's not well, well kept. Uh, like you said, it, there wasn't a major investment put into the renovation of that store after it was a footwear store, other than, you know, putting racks for, for eyewear and whatnot. But there will be something pretty major happening at that corner uh, that will involve Hakeem Optical closing. So stay tuned because uh, that will be happening. I mean, I guess one of the big threats to this neighborhood from a high-end retail perspective is the Yorkdale Shopping Center because it seems to be getting a lot of brands, including Dolce and Gabbana, which will be leaving Bloor Street for Yorkdale.
1: Yes, unfortunately. Uh, yes, I guess uh, the, uh, Yorkdale Mall is uh, stealing the thunder from from Blue Street, which which was traditionally the only place. Like for like for example, that the brands that we have on Blair Street for as long as I remember, they only they were they were the only. Um, the branch that they have in the city of Toronto, things like Mont Blanc or uh, Tiffany, um, they they only used to be here, like Louis Vuitton everyone, uh, but now they've they've started all to open in in, in Yorkdale Mall, and the the people of Yorkdale Mall are doing a fantastic job in uh, attracting um, new new people, new companies. I think uh, I think one of the the one of the reasons they're so uh, so. Um, uh, uh, successful in attracting all these companies because they have everything under one umbrella. So you're talking with one management, whereas in Blue Street, you're talking to different landlords and they all have their own rules and regulations and what they want to do. So it's a bit confusing for the brands. But I mean, if, you, if you're if you approaching <clears throat> the big like conglomerates, like, say Richmond Group or LVMH, and then you go in there and then you offer them a big package with which everybody can be under the same roof with the same rules and regulations. Everything is much easier for them to decide. Uh, whereas they have to come and talk to different landlords with different expectations <clears throat> on the street level. So I think that's one of the, the strong points for, for, for York de Mall that, that allows them to attract all these all these brands and then everybody wants, once you have so many brands and everybody wants to be there, right? Because everybody wants to be associated with everyone. And uh, <clears throat> oh, it's, it's uh, they're, they're still in the thunder, basically. And, uh, but I, I, I'm glad that the blue Series is uh, having a comeback, I think. Yorkville having a comeback. Um, uh, the, the thing that I'm, 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 I'm very happy about is Chanel, uh, which is on, on, on York. Uh, Yorkville, they don't have a standalone in Yorkdale yet. Uh, but I think that's, and <laughs> I, I think Chanel is uh, like a, like a winning card for this uh, Yorkville Bloor neighborhood, uh, which is which is a huge thing, and a few other ones. But it, it's a pity that uh, some some are. I mean, opening another branch in in Yorkville is one thing, but moving like what Dolce Gabbana is doing—that's a whole different story. You know that that is really really uh, uh, discouraging. I think.
0: Yeah, and, and Yorkdale is interesting too. I believe Chanel will be staying in the whole Renfrew store, but we'll actually be expanding. Again, mm-hmm. this is, I, I get a lot of sort of insider information on different things. And uh, one of the pieces of feedback that I got was that, you know, Chanel would be expanding. Uh, we're going to see what happens with some of the other concessions there. They may go into the mall. Um, what I think is interesting, moving back to the Bloor Yorkville area, is Um, And I I won't say the tenants yet, but it looks like uh, Oxford Properties, which which owns the Yorkdale Mall, has secured some high-end brands for the retail podium at the base of the newly renovated Park Hyatt Hotel. The reason I find this remarkable is because the Park Hyatt is across avenue road from uh, the Church of the Redeemer. Uh, We haven't really seen luxury retail move in that direction yet. Uh, in terms of uh, that part of Bloor Street, a little bit further west, which is towards the University of Toronto in the Annex neighborhood,
1: well, it would be a great extension to this whole to this whole area. I mean, is it's just that so to see the brands, they, they have their own attractions. So being like on the other side of, of a road on this side, it it won't it won't matter to them much uh, as long as uh, that they could get the, the the terms that they're willing to get. So it might be the case that. They, they have not been able to come uh, to a favorable term with the other landlords on this side of, the, uh, of Blue Street, and they decided to move, f- move further down. And then the way they're thinking, they're like, so we have our own clientele, so we are the ones attracting people, you know. And uh, as long as we are in the vicinity of the other ones, it doesn't really matter which, which part we are, you know. I mean, even on Blue Street, um, uh, like, as you know, traditionally, a lot of, a lot of them are moving around, like Tiffany used to be on the other side, on the south side, now they're on the north side, Blue uh, Vuitton, same thing. A lot of things have happened. They, they change because they, they find a, a more desirable space or a desirable term with the landlord. Um, so uh, even going to that direction or even going to blue east side, um, still they're in the same same area, still they'll be seen and they'll, still they'll, they'll make the sales that they, they projected. Uh, but I think that that has a lot to do with what kind of uh, space and what kind of a deal they could find with each uh, with each space. But but going back to the uh, going back to the to Yorkdale Mall, uh, I just realized that they're going to have a lot of space uh, when Nordstrom closes. So that whole area they could do a lot of things with it. So I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, if some of these concession stores from Old Renfrew would open up they one store like what Louis Vuitton did and, and a lot of others. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised <clears throat> if they put them in there, in that area.
0: Yeah, yeah. Or or in another, I know there's another part of the mall where this is going to happen. So I won't say too much. But again, some insider information. I think it's a two-year plan, but which is a threat to York yorkville because
1: these are going to become flagship stores for these brands in Yorkdale. Wow. Uh. Well, I still think I, I, I still believe that the, um, the area to have uh, the the very high end, um, stores I think is still downtown because, um, traditionally a lot of the luxury brands uh, the, the get business from travelers that come into the city, and uh, where do we have all most of the five star hotels in the city? Most of them are in Yorkfield Blue Area, right? So, uh, that's still like a like an incoming flow of really high-end shoppers um, that are <clears throat> willing to spend the money. So, and it, it happens in any city you go to. In any city that you go to, usually where where the good hotels are, like the five-star hotels are, you find the best retail in that area. And so wherever like Four Seasons is, wherever uh, like W Hotel is, or um, other like St. Regis is, or Ritz is, uh, they're, they're usually there, and the, so in, in our area of uh, Bloor and Yorkville, we have like quite a few nice hotels, we have the Hazelton Hotel, we have the Park Hyatt, we have Four Seasons, uh, we have Windsor Arms, now the new W, uh, the new <clears throat> the new Hyatt Hotel, the the high-end one that's going to be open at one Bloor, um, so that one will also be attracting uh, a lot of Uh, clientele for the brand so uh, in my opinion I I still believe that the best place for the really high-end retailers to be is around these hotels. Oh I agree I agree and uh, what do you think about Holt Renfrew on Bloor Street
0: Uh, uh, the store has uh, some concessions in it do you think that those concessions are uh, precluding these brands from say opening standalone stores on the street such as say uh, Bulgari
1: or David Yurman? I, I think that, I mean, this has been like the data has been showing this, that these brands, they go into concession and then if they do good, they open their boutique, you know, so uh, it, it doesn't mean that necessarily they will be closing their, their, those uh, concessions, they, they'll just open the boutiques as well. Um, look, look what happens with Isaiah and, and like Harry Rosen. So they went into Harry Rosen, they, they did good and they, they, they started to open their own boutique and, and it happened with a lot of different uh, other brands. And uh, so they're, they're testing the area, you know what I mean? Even Rolex, for example. The Rolex has been in Royal Riverside for so many years. And then they, they decided that this is the area that they want to have a boutique, so they're opening one. Uh, same thing with Vancliffe. They've been with Bergs for a long time, and then they decided they needed their own space, so they come out. They, Xenia did the same thing, but, of course, that didn't work out because of pandemic. But, I mean, I, I think it's a way for the, for the brands to, to test the market in those areas, and, uh, and know the consumer, and know the taste of the consumer, what they, what they like, what they don't like, and then they, they come out and they do, they do their own boutique. I think that's been a strategy for them for a long time now. That makes a lot of sense. I wanted to touch on something quickly. Uh, we didn't
0: really discuss it too much before, but what's your opinion on the exit of Nordstrom from the Canadian market? Is this, is this pretty catastrophic news to the overall retail industry or do you think Canadians are going to miss the store?
1: I, I, I think we'll miss the store. I, I there are a few things with the with no the Nordstrom. Uh first of all, I think they came in very weak. They like they didn't come strong. That's that I, I think that was their biggest problem. That's my opinion. Uh they're not it wasn't what it what, what it is in the US. They over there they're very strong. They work with a lot more brands. They, the options are, are huge in there. And by the way, the same thing is happening with Saks Fifth Avenue. I mean, they they they're not strong as well either. So um, not not what it is that 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 we know as consumers. You know when you travel to U.S. and you see Saks Fifth Avenue or Nordstrom, you see a completely different thing from what we're seeing here. So I think that's one of the things. But but overall, I think it's it's not it's not a, it, it, it's not a very encouraging that these 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 brands are are leaving, like Nordstrom is leaving. And then and then on the other side of the news, we we hear that Zellers is making a comeback. So it's when you put these two in the in a in a equation and then it, it doesn't give you a very encouraging outcome you know it's it's like we are moving backwards instead of moving forwards you know we, I, we thought that we are done with the the, the zellers the kmarts of and, and things like that but they're coming back and then these guys the luxury ones are leaving so overall i i i don't like it to be honest with you uh i don't like it that nordstrom is leaving and zellers is 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 coming not, not that it's replacing it. it i mean just coming back to the the um, to the uh, retail space uh, but uh, i'm not sure if we would as, as canadians we would miss nordstrom a lot because it in in all honesty it didn't contribute much because it was not what we we, we expected it to be when they came in <clears throat> i mean whoever has seen a nordstrom in in in, in us um, they would know would know that this is not the same thing you know it's like a, like it's like, a, it's like they brought in a, like a mini version of it to see what's going on and we know there's, there's there's no novelty in, in this whole thing you know it was just another department store selling the same brands at the same price at the same collections that's it that you could find everywhere else you know there was there was no novelty um so <clears throat> there's nothing that you say oh okay i gotta go to nordstrom to buy this there was no such a thing you know that whatever was in there it was like just just the usual stuff that you could find anywhere else as well so for that reason, I think there was nothing special about it for people to to go and keep it live and going so they didn't make any profit. Um, but but again, as a whole, I'm not very pleased that that the luxury retailers leave. Whenever they do, it, 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 it breaks my heart. Do you think
0: luxury retail, say, over the next three to five years will uh, see growth in Canada, just given the situation around, say, we're seeing fewer Chinese tourists, uh, uh, you know, there's
1: consumers that are struggling but they're still the rich that soon be getting richer i think the luxury business uh will always be good and the the worst things get for for people because luxury uh, uh, consumers are a completely different breed they're like they're recession proof they're um, you know uh, pandemic proof they're, they're everything proof basically And uh, they always come back. They always tend to come back. I mean, even during the world wars, the only businesses that were making money were the luxury ones. Like if you, if you study world war two, Hermes was still making money even during the world war. And uh, so uh, those guys, uh, nothing, nothing really happens to them. And they're just too big now to fail, you know, too big. Because um, now it's like uh, LVMH is, pretty much taking everything they, they're just buying they keep buying lvmh and the uh, uh, richmond group they're buying pretty much everything so once once you have that kind of money once you have um, that kind of backing then you could survive anything you know even if you don't make a, a single sale for a few years doesn't matter you could still survive uh, but but luxury r- r- retailers um, will survive everything and they'll come back and because they're innovative, because they're, they're doing innovations uh, as we go on. So, I mean, they are now making experiences instead of, um, you know, just going and buying something and coming back. It's not a supermarket anymore. It's like people walk in for the experience. People walk in, they, they you go into lunch, you go to Katia, so they open champagne for you. They have a room, you sit down, you talk to them. They go over things with you. So it's, a, it's quite an experience. You make a day out of it. you know. It's not like you just walk in and walk out. So because of that experience, and and people love it, uh, they love this experience. And uh, these brands, they know it, and they have access to all kinds of things. Um, so money is no issue. They could afford to do whatever, right? Because they make 10 times worth back. And uh, for that reason, I think they will continue to, to thrive and I think in, in the whole retail industry that the, the top luxury sector uh, will will be thriving more than anyone, even more than the Zara's on H&M's, you know. <laughs> well, that is fascinating. I know, uh, speaking of LVMH... Uh... You were we were having a little chat just before here.
0: Uh, as we said before, you were in uh, Paris and Italy. I think it was even last week. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the retail that you saw there. We could start with Paris and then go to Milan. But uh, you got to visit galleries
1: Lafayette and you were checking out uh, Champs Elysees and Avenue Montaigne. Yes. Tell me a little bit about uh, what you saw in Paris. Well, wow, it's amazing. It was amazing that what they're doing in there. Like first of all, there are a lot of tourists in there, even though with there are a lot of strikes that were happening in the in, in, in Paris and still do. Um, luckily, I didn't get to see the garbage on the street. I left before that, but um, now there's piles of garbage everywhere in in Paris. But even with those uh, uh, like limitation and strikes, the tourists were see all over the city. All the restaurants, cafes were all full. The retail was crazy. There were lineups uh, outside Louis Vuitton store on Champs Elysees, and it, it was crazy. And then you could see that lvmh and uh, and uh, richmond they're just mostly lvmh in paris they're eating up the whole city so wherever you look there's an lvmh brand and you could see like two three of of the same brand stores on one street like on avenue monte you see like th- different diors you see louis vuittons and then like 200 meters away there's another one and they're bigger and they're better and it's crazy i just it's at some point you think into yourself how much how many products do we do they have in here? Like how much uh, products they produce and they design? How many designs are there? Like they're making this uh, building uh, on Chantalisa this for for Dior, which is huge, huge. It's like a six story huge building that they're still building it. I there were just signs of it that it will open soon. But I mean, I'm, I was standing there looking at it. I'm like, how much merchandise is going to go into this place, and uh, and how many clients they need to to make it uh, worthwhile you know but then again when you look at the lineups and the amount of people that are in the city and the hotels that are all booked uh, so it's like difficult it was difficult to find a hotel in in paris even though everything was like every any decent hotel was like eight seven eight hundred dollars and more per night so even with that it was difficult to find uh, to find the uh, space in the hotels and then the, you have um the, the products are there i mean paris is a is a place that they always have products like in and here you go to stores a lot of stores don't even carry products they don't know they don't even have anything i mean you go to the rolex store there there are no watches to be sold there's not absolutely zero inventory nothing so i was asking them and on and, and uh, york the other day i'm like why are you guys in here and you have the security guard outside and they're protecting what exactly? There's no watches in here. <laughs> I went in there. And a, I was asking the, the store manager, I mean, "Why do you have security guards outside? There's nothing in here. <laughs> Nobody's gonna steal your your booths and you know and your desks and chairs. You know, there, there's no watches in here." So, and he was laughing and was like he was telling me, "Yeah, we we're just taking wish lists. They don't even you're you're not even ordering a watch. You, you 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 tell them about your wish list, what you would wish to have." And they don't take any deposit because they can't guarantee anything. So they take your name and what you like, and then they call you maybe two years, three years later. And that's that's the way it's going right now in, in here. But in, in Paris, in, in Italy, you walk away. I mean, you go to any random store selling Prolexes. They have some stuff. They have some inventory. I'm not saying they're carrying. They have the, the most desirable models. Uh, but uh, they still do. They do still do a decent uh Decent uh, a collection that you could buy right there, but here in Toronto you cannot buy. If you go to any any place selling Rolex, they, they don't have anything right now. In the in the Rolex stores, I mean, the the authorized retailers, aftermarket yeah, it's a different story. But Rolex retailers they don't have anything. Um, like I, I bought a watch here in um, uh, from Le Cole the other day uh, in uh, before I before my trip in, in a boutique in um, Yorkdale Mall, and uh, then I I wanted a strap and a buckle and they they, they ordered it and it, they say it's gonna take two three months for a strap and a buckle not the watch and the the buckle to come but in, i i walked into um a called boutique in 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 paris and i bought it right there it was there they had inventory for everything so it was there so i'm saying uh, what i'm trying to say i guess is that in in europe and the, the places like paris and milan Things are available because they know people are coming. They know people, they, they would be buying them faster. So they, I think, they get priority in terms of allocation of the of the products. Now, Ash, you got to visit a couple of the department stores in Paris on uh,
0: Boulevard Haussmann. I think it's Boulevard uh, Galleries Lafayette and Printall. Uh, tell me a little bit about what you saw in there. Uh, I haven't been there in a long time.
1: Oh well, it was crazy as always. Busy, busy with people. Oh my God, people, uh, tourists and the, the locals. Uh, it was really, really busy. And uh, people walking around, walking out with a lot of bags. Um, so it was really nice. It was alive. It was like always, they had amazing collections. Um, they, they, they have all these concession corners, like big brands. They all have the corners around that whole big rotunda thing that they have. Um, and uh, so cosmetic business was crazy. All the watches were doing really good. Watches, accessories, all these, um, all the brands. Uh, so it was crazy. It was busy, and uh, everybody was happy. And uh, so yeah, it, it, it was very refreshing to see because I, I, I didn't go to Paris uh, uh, for a couple of years because of pandemic. So I, I, I couldn't go before. I used to go every month, but uh, but after pandemic, this was, was my first trip, and uh, it was very encouraging to see what's happening in there. Because I think what is happening in there, it, it will then translate into other places. So I'm hoping in Toronto, in Canada, we will have that maybe within a few months, maybe this summer, we would have that uh, activity again to what we have, not, not, not compared to, to Paris, but compared to ourselves from what we have from before pandemic. And uh, the, so the sales were good. I talked to some uh, salespeople and I know uh, I talked to some industry people that are there, that are my friends. I uh, used to work with a lot of different brands. So they're, there they're, they're happy. They were doing, um, they're doing good. And uh, uh, you know, there are some places that uh, some things that you could, you could tell if something is doing good or not. I have a friend that is in the um, packaging industry. And he provides uh, high-end brands. I can't tell the names, but with, uh, with shopping bags. So they buy shopping bags from him in Paris. So by the, the amount of shopping bags that he was selling to them, he could tell me that uh, things are good. I mean, comparing to his previous orders and what's happening and all that. So that's one of the people, uh, whoever is providing the shopping bags, they know what's going out. So <laughs> they know the numbers. So they told me that things are good. Uh, things are getting back. And uh, uh, tourists were like crazy, crazy in Paris. And uh, the collection was good. Uh, the only thing I noticed that uh, in, in Gary Lafayette they, before they had a big section for uh, formal wear for men, like a lot of shirts and stuff you'll see, uh, that section is gone now. everybody's in like to uh, not formal anymore. They're like uh, everybody's into uh, you know like more casual wear. Uh, that, was the, that was the biggest change that I noticed uh, in, in this whole thing. But other than that, uh, everything was great, busy, um, selling, just like always. Paris was pretty and uh, glamorous <laughs> as, as it's always been. Excellent. Yeah. Let's talk quickly about Milan here. Uh, you also had a chance to go to Italy. You visited the uh, Lorena Sante department store. I may not be pronouncing that quite right. If I'm not yeah, right. Lorena Sante. Yeah, Lorena Sante. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 also a beautiful department store that they have. Uh, the biggest one in Milan, of course, is in the Duomo, uh, Duomo area. It's uh, so I, I visited there, but very 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 busy. Uh, I mean, uh, it, it was crazy. And they, they've changed a few things around uh, and they, they, they make it more high-end every time that I go. I, I, I could just see the progress. They, they make it more and more high-end. So uh, it's like every time they, they drop the, their lower-end brands and they replace them with better ones. And uh, so um, that's, that's that was a good uh, in, encouragement. Uh, also, super busy. A lot of tourists in the area. Um, the whole, I mean, also, I, I was told uh, by some of my friends in uh, uh, um, uh, Monte Napoleone, which is the where, where the, all the brands are, that uh, there was a big Louis Vuitton store in there. And I was told that the Louis Vuitton has bought that building and the one behind it and the one behind that. So they, they bought a whole, like a, like a block of all these buildings to connect everything and make a huge Louis Vuitton store. So the, the Louis Vuitton store that was there, it's going to be like four times bigger now and they're, they're working on it. And uh, the same thing with uh, Armani, Armani is opening uh, new, new spaces and all that. So it's, it's going crazy. It's, it's really, um, really booming. I I think for the luxury retail space and it was busy. The stores are busy. People were buying and um, it was, it was really nice uh, that, what i saw it was very very encouraging because as i said i'm, I'm hoping that would translate into uh, canada and other countries you know it's the, it's the it's like paris and milan london these are the places that things start and then they spread around you know so whatever happens there and then they, it would spread around in terms of fashion i mean and uh and hopefully we uh, i believe that soon we'll see that change in here as well that's like Uplift of everything after the COVID, and uh, it was it was beautiful. It was really nice. Same thing in 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 Milan. Hotels super expensive, busy. Um, you couldn't find any rooms. A lot of construction happening. A lot of new stores were opening. Uh, a lot of redecorations that were being done. And uh, they're all coming up with these new concepts, new ideas, you know, when you, you go to the store, it's not just that you walk in and I buy a piece of clothing anymore, it's that you walk through a whole experience of things, you know, um, they take care of you, they have a lot more people that come and, and, and uh, they service you when, when you go in there. Um, one of the issues that I'm finding here in, in Canada right now is that there are no people working in the industry anymore. So you go to the store, there are only two people, and then you have to wait to be served. And uh, who wants that? I mean, if somebody's going to spend $20,000, they don't want to wait. Um, they want to be, once, once they're in the store, they, they may be waiting outside, but once they're in the store, they don't want to wait for somebody to become available. So you have to have enough staff to, to take care of people. Uh, But here I I see that there is an, that's an issue in some places, but over there it wasn't because there were any store you walked into, there were enough people to, to do the, uh, you know, to do help you with your shopping. So that was, that was very nice because you see that I, I was surprised that uh, that so many qualified people are in the industry and doing the work. So that was a nice thing in there that I saw. This is fascinating stuff. Uh, let's conclude here. Let's talk a bit about your brand, uh, St. Ash, uh, that uh, you've developed. Well, yeah, St. Ash is all about colors and, you know, the like happy and everything happy and beautiful. I, I think uh, especially in the uh, past COVID or war, post-COVID world, uh, we need that. <laughs> Uh, so we are now uh, focused a lot on our tie collection. So now we have the ties, the the pocket squares, and all that, and uh, on the website, of course, SaintAsh.com. And then uh, we are uh, doing uh, a huge collection of ties. And um, I actually went. Uh, I had a meeting with my suppliers because my ties are coming from Italy, from the city called Como, which is the best place in the world for silk. So all the silk, all the best silk uh, in any like in ties or any other dresses they come from como so uh, i had a meeting there with my suppliers we're working on an exciting new collection uh, which will be coming soon um right now we have um, one of the biggest tie collections in the country i think i think after harry rosen we have the most ties on our website we have more than 160 different models wow. and uh, it's it's a huge collection um like i know i understand that uh, a lot of people uh, Uh, have not been wearing ties for a long time because of pandemic everybody's going you know everybody's going uh, casual but I have a feeling that people are coming back that's what I saw in Europe as well I saw people are wearing ties and all that so the tie collections were coming bigger and nicer uh, because I think there was demand for it so I think that would translate into other places as well and I uh, so we are working on that a lot and uh, uh hopefully we have uh, soon we have we start uh, receiving our uh, summer like spring summer collection. Uh, but even now there there's a huge collection on our website. and uh, so we're taking it from there. And then you know, it, I, the other day I went to uh, Saks Fifth Avenue. Uh, can you believe that they, they have no ties in there? Not even oh, one. I didn't I no know ties. that. <laughs> downtown <laughs> in
0: downtown Toronto.
1: Yeah, they don't have have any ties. They don't have any ties. So I was just walking. I was talking to one of my friends working in there. A gentleman walked to her and uh, he asked if they have any ties. And she said, no, we don't. I don't know if they have now or not, but this is more, more than a month ago. Uh, that I was there. So they have nothing. So basically, they just gave up on the business of tie, which is good for me because now I could replace them. I have all the ties, uh, any model, any color that you would think of. Uh, so that is uh, the upside of us. And uh, we are we're not targeting the people that want to go back to work, serious work. And as you know, uh, most of the companies are forcing people to go back to office. Like I know the banks are now forcing. It was just only, I think, two weeks ago that Royal Bank announced that they have to go at least three to four days back to office. Uh, Bank of Montreal did the same thing. Uh, CIBC never, never went home because they made this huge building and they, they didn't want it to be empty. So they, they had everybody coming to back to work as soon as the, uh, the restrictions were lifted. So with that, uh, I, I'm seeing a lot of people going back to work and going back to office and the ties will make a comeback soon. And uh, so I think we are in the right position right now to um, to be able to to help uh, with the Thai needs of people. Thank you so much for
0: speaking with us today. This has been Ash Yusuf Poor, He's an entrepreneur, industry expert, Uh, particularly in the luxury retail industry. We've just been talking about lots here today and the founder of your own brand, St. Act. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you, Greg. Thanks
0: for having me. It was a pleasure. And I'm Craig Patterson. I'm the founder, CEO, and publisher of Retail Insider Media. I'm also the host of the Retail Insider Video Series. Thank you so much today for watching or listening if you're listening to this on one of our podcast platforms. Take care and bye for now.